Hey guys, Dr. Greg here with today's episode of the Daily Dose of Dr. Greg, and I'm just going to say right off the bat, I have no idea what's going to be talked about in today's episode. However, what I do know is we have a, a live studio audience today, and it is some of the people that are most <laughs> close to me and this team, and uh, I'm pretty excited. With me today is none other than my sister from uh, another mister, um, or whatever you want to call her. So Jen, uh, Jen has been a part of our family here for over two years, right? Yep. And Jen is um, really one of the main reasons why we have the impact that we do. Jen is highly operational. I am not. Uh, I'm a visionary, and Jen's um, gift is to come in and take the ideas and put them into action. And Jen's really the reason why this show is happening, and Jen's the reason why people get to hear about what we do literally all around the world. So as we were talking about topics and things to talk about on the show, one of the things we said is people want to know more about you, Dr. Greg, and what drives you and what quirks do you have and what makes you unique. Uh, so Jen said, ooh, we call that a roast. So I guess that's what we're up to today. So Jen, yes. it's good to have you here. Thank you. Wow, what an introduction. And yes, uh, I am going to roast you a little bit today, so I'm excited. And yes, you have not received any of these questions. Are you ready? What if Are I you say ready? no? <laughs> we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> All right, you're ready. Okay, go. so I'll, I'll be easy on you at first. So what would be your superpower? My superpower mm -hmm. is, again, never having access to any of these. I have the ability to start almost anything. I love having an idea or allowing myself to sit in something mm -hmm. and then have this question of if there were no rules and money wasn't the object and it couldn't fail, what would it look like? And have this like idea. And I think um, respectfully over time, I've, I've tried to shun that superpower because you have all these ideas and if you can't do anything with them, you're kind of like, what do I do with this? Mm -hmm. And then, and then, I think through, um, you know, just God's favor on this, surrounds me with people like yourself that are like, hey, that's a good idea, or tell me more about that one, and then we realize it's not a good idea, and then we take the good ideas and we run with them. So I like formulating ideas. Hmm. So that's your superpower. I'm not sure what letter that would put on my cape as like a like this, but... Uh, Speaking think, of cape, uh -oh. <laughs> who would win in a fight between Batman and Superman? A superhero guy. <laughs> Superman. The man would win. The man. <laughs> uh, I would say Superman, just because <clears throat> I I know more about him and I and I like Superman. Mm -hmm. Thank. I agree. Okay. Superman. Good. Do you guys agree? Superman. Superman. No. Yeah. Batman. No. Oh. Tasha says oh. Batman. Tasha in the audience says no. All right. All right. Tell me, um, what's the most unexpected piece of advice you've ever received? Most unexpected. Yes. Um, I've gone through some crazy sauce in my life, mm -hmm. some tough things. And I would say in several of those, someone say to me, this will be the best thing that's ever happened to you. Mm -hmm. So I guess we're just going to be raw here, right? So uh, my wife and I went through a bankruptcy probably 15 years ago mm -hmm. and uh, it was funny because the not funny but in retrospect like you look back on things and you're like holy cow but our attorney said <clears throat> how you guys doing to, to Rach and I and we're like really good actually she's like okay because here's what typically happens in these you get torn apart or you're brought together um, so I think that was a good thing um, so yeah I think this concept of this is going to be the best thing that's ever happened to you 
mm-hmm. in the midst of chaos or a tough time. Mm-hmm. Cause then you have to, because then you have the opportunity at that, at that point to look for why it could be the best thing that's happened to you. Like, right. Like this is happening to me, which, which gives that victim mentality bent versus mm-hmm. this is happening for me. And, and like in that situation, I got myself there. I'm not going to blame it on anybody. So then what do I learn from that? And sometimes like we, I call it the dark night of the soul. Sometimes you have to get to a place to where only at that state of physiology, can you learn something? Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is the best thing that's ever happened. This will be the best thing that's ever happened to you. Nice. Good answer. All right. Can okay. I ask you a question? What? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm going to switch gears. So um, you have talked about your rodeo days. Oh my gosh. So many of you, many people don't know that you're on the rodeo circuit. So tell us a little bit about maybe the most exciting thing that happened or or what that looked like yeah. on the rodeo circuit. Okay, so to clarify, yes. I never got on the back of a bucking horse. Mm-hmm. I never rode a bull. However, growing up, my mom and dad both grew up on large ranches in North Dakota. And I remember as a little boy being at my Uncle Jimmy's ranch, and I put a pair of spurs on my boots, and I thought, I'm the coolest guy in the world. And I wanted to be a rodeo star. I wanted to be a calf roper. Because these guys are super athletic, the horses are super athletic, and it is like this amazing thing to watch. Mm-hmm. And I was actually in a couple of horse shows as a kid, um, and those were super fun. And my, my, my uncle allowed us to be those. Well, so fast forward uh, into chiropractic school. And so one of my degrees, some people don't even know this, is a, is a, is a chiropractor. And um, my, my best friend, when I was going to chiropractic school was a college uh, bull rider, actually mm-hmm. bull, ba- bull rider, saddle bronc and bareback rider. And I was going to chiropractic school and, and we were in like this, like how to become a good chiropractor class. Right. And you're supposed to like how to treat injuries. And the reality is no one was injured. So I remember talking and his name's Cody, right? Perfect name for a cowboy athlete. Mm-hmm. All right. So I was like, he's like, Greg, how's school going? And I'm like, it's okay. He's like, what do you mean? It's okay. Well, I'm in this injury class, but like no one's injured. And I remember Cody saying, you want to see injuries? Yeah. Come travel the rodeo circuit with us. <laughs> so, okay, now I'm graduated, so you can't come back and sue me. Mm-hmm. So for two years at the end of my chiropractic education, I traveled the college rodeo circuit with my friend from North Dakota. And I literally put a, a chiropractic table in the back of a horse trailer because I didn't want to like have someone like come like, hey, can I see your license? And I treated uh, almost all of the cowboys and cowgirls on the dickinson state high school rodeo Mm -hmm. team and at the same time cody's wife kathy was a barrel racer and she's like can you adjust my horse i was like uh no but i'm curious to learn how yeah so then i did some informal education on how to work on horses and it was actually um we were back in north dakota at a at a branding and the branding in north dakota is an amazing thing but anyway they had this like amazing horse it was like the ranch favorite horse the kids could literally like like swing from this mare's tail that's how dead broke she was hmm. but she, they were roping with her and they actually um she went over backwards in a roping pen and hit like the back of her head on a drill stem like a big piece of metal and uh and she went crazy like they couldn't even like she turned into a crazy horse so we were at this branding of all these cowboys and cowgirls from North Dakota. And um, and they're like, hey, Greg, um, how's school going? Da, 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 da. And Kathy's like, and he knows how to work on horses now. And all of a sudden they're like, you could see like the the the, the family that had yeah. that mare. 
all look at each other and they're like, really? So they had to actually go and rope this horse mm -hmm. in the pasture. They literally like drug her back to where we're doing this work. And, and I adjusted this horse. And, and what happened? She crapped the biggest load of poop <laughs> ever. But if you think about it, her system was so her system was so ramped that she and, and essentially you could just see her whole nervous system just Yeah. So I adjusted like the like the in the person would be like the base of the skull. Yeah. And and back to the old horse. Nice. So they're like, whoa. Okay, so what so then what happened? Um so then I started working on horses. Uh, that were part of the rodeo circuit as well. And, and we got to do some cool things inside of that. So then fast forward, Cody's done with college. And now I start traveling with the PRCA, the professional rodeo circuit. So they have a group called the Justin Healers, which is like the the emergency room doctors. So mm -hmm. if someone gets stepped on inside the rodeo arena, these guys like go out there and they're the ones that put them on the spine boards. So I sat behind the chutes. Like, so like back, so for, yeah. if you know, anyway, and I had a chiropractic table up. So I would just work on anyone that wanted to mm. work on them. And I, for the most part, cowboys are my kind of people. Mm -hmm. um, I vividly remember, so going back to your question, I vividly remember an athlete. I don't remember where in the world we were, um, mostly in Minnesota. And, and he literally, he had got stepped on by a bull the week before. Mm. And he came to me in, his, in these like just most authentic look. And he said, Doc, if I don't cover that next bull, and cover means ride him for eight seconds, I can't make my farm payment. Mm. And I was like, I got you. Mm. I got you. And um, they make it. He made it. Nice. And uh, nice. so, yeah, right. So anyway, so we so that would be just just the ability to take care because for the most part, um, uh, rodeo athletes are ranchers mm -hmm. and it's something that they love to do. And that really just got me tied in with that community and got me to use my gifts. So, yeah, the rodeo circuit was really fun. And 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 it, I would be amiss if I didn't say this because, um, yes, I wore skin tight Wrangler jeans and, and a cowboy hat <laughs> and, and cowboy belts. boots and the whole shooting match because you got to look the part. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so talking about taking the biggest dump, explain to us how drop a deuce actually works. <laughs> <laughs> How does it work? Okay, so one of, so so one of the okay. First, tell us how you named it. Well, for those that don't know, you named some of these. Yeah, ones. yeah. I'm pretty witty at times. So okay. <laughs> well, one summer I worked on a camp for disabled kids, and by the way, that was one of the most pivotal times in my life, is working with people that had physical disabilities and re realizing that what is what truly is a disability. Mm -hmm. And there was a gentleman there from Australia. And he said one day, I got a Donnie at the gates. <laughs> and I was like, you got a what, where? He's like, I got a Donnie at the gates. And I was like, you have to explain. And he said, you yank, I got a, I got a, I got a poop. And I was like, oh, that's good. I'm going to use that one. So then, so we have little kids, right? So like if, if the kids have to go to the bathroom, you say, do you have to go number one or number two? Yeah. Right. So if it's number two, that means you have to poop. Yeah. So two is a deuce. And then we would use the term, like, drop the kids off at the pool. Mm -hmm. So that's another term that we would use, but I didn't think that was appropriate for a supplement bottle. <laughs> so, so drop a deuce is, is, is slang for take a poop. Uh -huh. um, and respectfully, how the product drop a deuce works is on several factors from a standpoint of, of insoluble fiber to some, some components inside of it that help move things through the, through the bowels itself and stimulate the, the, the large intestine. It's not a laxative. Mm -hmm. um, why we have that as a product, though, maybe more importantly, is that Pooping is like 
clutch to the journey. If you're not mm -hmm. pooping, you're not going to get healthy. If you're not pooping and we try to kill something, it will just raise holy havoc inside the body. So yeah, so hence drop a deuce is uh, in our I will arsenal. say it makes it um, quite comical when you have to call in your order. And there's, I'd like a drop of deuce. A little, <laughs> and every time when I've called in the past, there's a little old lady on the other end, and she'll ask me to repeat it, and then there's this huge laugh behind it. It's, you want? It's kind of like the Simpsons, like when they ask for like someone goofy, like I want to drop a deuce. Yeah. You're yes. like, you're, you good. Want I'm glad that you want to drop a deuce. <laughs> all right. Uh, favorite book of all time? Well, I love to read. Um, though the book that I circle back to continuously is the Bible. I mean, it's mm -hmm. just this, it's, a, it's, a, there's a ton of stories. There's a ton of parables. One of my favorite things to do is just gain wisdom, right? Um, so like Proverbs every single day, there's just these nuggets. And actually when I was in high school mm -hmm. and I played basketball, what I would do every single night before the game, when I put my game bag together is I would go through Proverbs and I'd, and I'd find a nugget mm -hmm. and I'd write it on a sheet of paper and I would put it in my own gym bag. So the first thing that I looked at when I opened up my bag was this concept around wisdom upon discipline. Mm -hmm. And, uh, um, you know, I think, I think the concern for a lot of people is like, Oh, it's an old book. It's no longer relevant. Mm -hmm. And the reality is it's just as relevant today as it was mm -hmm. 2000, 3000 years ago. Um, outside of that, I would say that the book wooden, uh, is the uh, biography about John Wooden. Mm -hmm. I mean, I get chills when I think about his character and I mean, think about this, like in the 1970s, right? We're talking like long hair and big lapels. And he had people like um, that would come in and he told Bill Walton, um, I think Bill Walton, like, if you don't cut your hair, you're not on my team. Like mm -hmm. surfer guy from California. Mm -hmm. He taught the, 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 the young men how to put their socks on. Mm -hmm. These are the top division one college athletes in the world. And he's like... Let me teach you how to put your socks on. Now, there were Chuck Taylor shoes back then. Mm -hmm. I get that. Yet, what I love is we don't skip the steps. Mm -hmm. um, I also love that he was, in a, in a world of fame, in a world of notoriety, he was so grounded. Mm -hmm. Even to the end. Even to, into, into his mid-90s when he passed away. Even the house that he lived in. Mm -hmm. I mean, he could do whatever he wanted. And just his... His wisdom and his discipline inside of that. I mean, you talked about those guys <clears throat> that still that were coached by him, and they're like biggest influence of my life mm -hmm. by a long shot. And then, but but circling back, strong Christian man, mm -hmm. and had these values and these morals and these ethics mm -hmm. that guided him. <clears throat> and anytime, do you do you know that he was actually supposed to be a coach for the Minnesota, for Minnesota Gophers? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So he was he had an offer for Minnesota. And it was actually due to a blizzard and the phone lines were down hmm. that Minnesota was unable to give him a phone call and offer him the job. Wow. And he was, he was ready to Wasn't take it. Wasn't meant to be. And then he got a call from UCLA. Yeah. And then Minnesota came back to him and he said, I have given my word to yeah. UCLA. I am going to honor my word. Hmm. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. Yeah. I've often looked at his pyramid of success. Yes. It's really, really good. Yeah. Good I agree. Stuff. Uh, speaking of, so would you say that that's the biggest, um, impact that book had the biggest impact on your life? From a book standpoint? Yeah. No. Um, probably seven years ago, I hired a guy named Jason Selk mm -hmm. to be my coach. 
Jason Selk at the time was the mindfulness coach of the St. Louis Cardinals during the time that they won two World Series. Mm. And when he got brought into the Cardinals, uh, Tony La Russa was the skipper. And La Russa was vehemently against this guy. They're like, dude, mindset? Like, seriously? He was, and I can't use the words because you told me I can't swear on the, on the podcast, but it was not good. Uh-huh. And what Selk, so Selk has this book called Executive Toughness. And he had me read the book and there's an exercise in the book. And the exercise, uh, we talk a lot about future self in this clinic. We talk yeah. about who do you want to become and, and, and then act like it. So he had this exercise where you, where I wrote out my, a day in my life five years in advance. Everything from, he's like, if I close my eyes, Greg, I better be able to take myself there. Mm-hmm. I better be able to see what you see, smell what you smell, touch what you touch, taste what you taste. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I did that and it came true. So what that taught me is that the mind is profoundly powerful mm-hmm. and that if it's congruent ethically and morally, that it, it is, there's no reason why it can't come true. So I think that book, Executive Toughness, was a big turning point for me. Like I can even close my eyes and remember myself listening to it as I was mowing my lawn in Lincoln, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have a very visual um, memory, but that was a, that was clutch for me because I, I then realized that the mind is more than likely the most untapped potential that we have in our health journey mm-hmm. or any journey for that matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talk about self-sabotage, right? No doubt. So you can self-sabotage with your mind when you're going through a journey. Why don't you talk about that? Because we have a lot of people that get to that six-month mark, and it's really tough. Right. Right? Yeah. So for those of you that, you know, just to allude to the journey. So we, we yeah. take we take our patients on a journey, mm-hmm. and, and the journey is not a short journey. And six months is not even halfway through the first leg of the journey. Mm-hmm. Holy cow, that sounds like a long time. Well, the reality is most of these people have been ill for a very long time before they find us. And I actually had a conversation. I'm starting to have more conversations with our patients on our initially valves about, I tell them like, so a portion of your state of being right now from a health standpoint is due to infection, toxicity, autoimmunity. And a portion of your state of, of disease right now is due to mental, emotional, spiritual unwellness. Mm-hmm. And they'll ask them, in your opinion, with what you've got going on, what percent falls into each bucket? Mm-hmm. And I will tell you that most people will say 50-50. So that's why people that have tried this, this, um, this supplement protocol or this diet doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Because what they haven't done is come back in and said, I'm, I'm going to deal with my stuff, like we call it, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to deal with my stuff along the way. And, uh, and I think that's what happens is, Six months, because we do a really good job of the, the clinical part, eat this, don't eat that, take this, cut that one out. And then six months, and then they get to the obstacle. Mm-hmm. They get to that place where they get to, they don't have to, they get to deal with that other part of it, that mental, emotional component. And what they've taught themselves is, oh, this is how it's worked in the past. This is how I've always done it. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, and I, someday I'll write this book, um, um, we get to a place and we're so used to being in the state that we're in that we don't even know what it looks like mm-hmm. to live a life of vitality, of mm-hmm. wellness, of freedom. So we get close to the edge and we've told the whole world, I want to jump off the edge. But we get to the edge and we're like, no, I'm comfortable. I don't know that I really want to jump off mm-hmm. the edge because I know how my spouse responds <clears throat> to me in this state of being. Mm-hmm. I know how my kids respond to me, my coworkers, my family. And even though it is chaos, I will acknowledge that. I'm actually at a heart level scared 
-hmm. fearful of who will they see me if I take the leap. Yep. And and people stay. People stay where they are. So that's my whole it's more comfortable poopy diaper syndrome conversation, right? Like mm -hmm. we walk around in in poopy pants, um, knowing that they're poopy pants, but also not sure of what life would look like if we don't do that. So mm -hmm. that's the reality of it. And even I'm, I'm a fan of Ryan Holiday. He wrote the book, The Obstacle is the Way. Mm -hmm. So what happens is people find ways around this. Yep. And we even ask our clients, what is your MO? How do we know that you're at a place where you're up against something? Because by the way, we've all been up, up against something. Mm -hmm. what, what do you do? Do you be do you become that person that overanalyzes and now your now your team or your clinician's an idiot? Do you go rogue? Mm -hmm. All of a sudden we lose you. Like where the hell Jen go? Yeah. Right? Or do you like so we all have that. And I think if we acknowledge that, then our team is like, remember we talked about this. Mm -hmm. And by the way, this is happening. Mm -hmm. Do you and then they're like, Oh yeah, you're right. Because the obstacle is the way. So when people deal with their stuff and our team talks about like you can tell who has dealt with their stuff because mm -hmm. they're different people. Mm -hmm. They treat us differently. They treat themselves differently. And that's where transformation comes. This is not there. By the way, there is no magic supplement on that shelf out there. There is no, no easy button. It's, it's, you gotta be all in. Agree. 100%. All right. Uh, okay. With them Vitae, if you were going to be in any other role, what would it be? I think I know the answer. I'd want to ship the supplements. I love, <laughs> I love boxing the supplements. <laughs> <laughs> and I say that because I come from a retail I come from a retail background. And I and and there's like for example, like farming, I loved being in the tractor and going up and down the field because I could kind of turn my brain off and I could know that I'm getting stuff done. So um nothing against Aaron who is the rock star in that area, though like there's times where I just love going back there and putting boxes and supplements. I but thought I, you were gonna say the camera and video. Oh yeah, I do love that part too. Yeah. However, um the other part that I love about that room is I know that every single one of those boxes is going to go to somebody that has a hope for a better future. Mm -hmm. and, and, and respectfully, I have, you know, a, a small prayer and a thought for that person. And I used to remember, I remember I used to write little notes mm -hmm. on the box when I, I would send stuff out because I truly want it to be a different fit and feel for what we do. Um, you also put the label on perfectly. Is there any other way and to put the, the label on? tape perfectly. Do you remember that one time when Aaron put the labels on upside down just to mess yes. with me? Jeez. Do you remember when I first started with you? And <laughs> Now comes no, the roast, this. by the way. Now get this. So Just so you know, I did everything all by myself. He did. Everything before Jen joined. Uh -huh. and, um, and I'm a little bit OCD. By the way, you want a uh -huh. doctor that's a little bit OCD. Uh-huh. Maybe not a boss, though. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the day that he gave me permission to take over oh, um, doing the shipping part. Mm -hmm. But then it was under this watchful eye of the tape had to be on the box perfectly. <laughs> and the box had to like, you had to squish it and tape it. And you had to put the right amount of paper inside of it and then squish it again. It had to match all up. Yep, yeah, perfect, perfect. But then there was a day when he also let me start putting supplements on the shelf because <laughs> we had three shelves job. and they were all perfect and he actually would have this um it wasn't a ruler clipboard. it was a clipboard and so you would put the supplements on the shelf and he would take his clipboard and he'd stick it right <laughs> down so it was all lined up perfectly and then if i did them three rows versus two rows 
I would come in the next day and it would be completely changed and then I'd hear about it. <laughs> I'm getting better. <laughs> I think part of why, and I'm not trying to like validate myself though, I think um, number one, you want a doctor that's OCD because we pay attention to things. Though also I just want, we talk so much about the experience here. Mm -hmm. right? We talk about that we're not your everyday mom and pop shop. I mean, we have what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people in the room right now. Mm -hmm. That are all a part of what we are and who what we do, mm -hmm. and and who comes and finds us has typically had a poor experience in multiple other places. Mm -hmm. I had a phone call yesterday where the lady was like, so she was frustrated about some of the things, and I and then I just started asking questions, and what I realized is that she had bad experiences elsewhere, mm -hmm. and uh, now it doesn't maybe validate me like taking my clipboard and perfectly lining up supplements. Though attention to detail, <laughs> and I have I have a pretty substantial retail background. I worked for a uh, I worked for a shoe company in high school. I worked for a big sporting company in college. Um, I sold computers in grad school, so I I really do like retail. It's fun, okay. and I really love electronics. Like yeah, we know. Like <laughs> I have a few dollars of of, uh, of electronic devices. All right, tell us. Um, Maybe a little bit about all the things that you want to have, but um, <laughs> my wish list. Yeah, your wish list, but like it keeps getting shot down. Yeah, well, I love gadgets. Uh, I love things. I mean, so when we talk about things clinically, like I remember when I was first envisioning this practice, I actually wanted a ice tub. Uh -huh. Like I wanted this like tub that literally had like thirty-three degree water in it. Uh, because the research on cold plunging is amazing. Mm -hmm. um, so that would be one. Uh, obviously, do I really want a bunch of people in their swimsuits in our clinic anymore? You yep. pushed hard for that. I know. Really but... hard. Yeah. Even the placement of it, how it was going to, we are going to run classes around it. We're going to hire somebody <laughs> to actually run the class and pump Cheer you up. Cheer people on. Cause you can, could you imagine two minutes yeah. up to your neck in freezing cold water? Yeah. Like it's going to take some encouragement. So yeah. not happening. Mm -hmm. um, the second thing would be um, hyperbaric, hyperbaric oxygen. oxygen therapy. <laughs> yeah. And I say that because I've had six chambers in my life and we've had, you know, several thousand hours. Mm -hmm. um, what we're learning is so, okay. So Craig Rochelle's newest book, uh, Lead Like It Matters. Mm -hmm. In his book, he says, chase one rabbit, you catch it. Chase multiple rabbits, you catch none. Mm -hmm. And I think what we're learning is I, I would confidently say that we are if not the best in the world, we are top five hands down at taking people on a health journey mm -hmm. that has high touch, high personalized components to it. And we treat people around the world. Mm -hmm. And the lion's share of our patients never set foot in this practice. Mm -hmm. So, so that's, that's what we're amazing at. Um, so I would say that. And then the last thing would be a hocket. Uh, which is mm -hmm. this device that you have like all of these like PMF and all of these amazing things that happen inside of your, inside of your system. So mm -hmm. there's so many people in here that the door is like shaking, isn't it? Is it, it, is I it can't the hear it in the audio. Oh, okay. Well, so then it is what it is. So Tasha doesn't have to hold the door closed. She can just do her jam. So though what I've also learned, and this is just me, this is just my, and maybe this can resonate with some of the listeners. Um, when you are not sure that what you're doing will work, hundred percent in some cases. And I know that we, what we do works, but, but many times people like to add to it, mm -hmm. right? Like what other gadgets do you have at home that will help you get better faster? Mm -hmm. When the reality is, wait, 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 
what about doubling down on dealing with your stuff mm-hmm. or or staying Focusing hydrated? Focusing on your water, yeah. You know, get hydrated. How often are you pooping? But we forget about those things. And we're like, oh, I need a fill in the blank. I need a an aura ring. I need a smartwatch. I need a I need something to quantify everything. No, you need to go back to the basics. You need to mm-hmm. double down on the basics. Is really what that's taught me through mm-hmm. that. Okay. Okay. Last question. The most interesting person you've ever met? <clears throat> That's a good question. Um, bef- Are all of them <clears throat> good questions? Before I <laughs> before I moved to Hawaii, I went to a functional medicine seminar in Nebraska, and there was an optometrist there mm-hmm. who had served our country in World War II, mm. and I learned more about the eyes. And how we use the eyes as a tool in 30 minutes with this 95-year-old man that was still at a functional medicine seminar, mind you. Wow. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Like he, for example, he put these, um, they look like sunglasses, but they had like just like pinholes in them. And he proved that if you looked through something through a pinhole, you could focus something so much closer to your eye than if you just did it with your bare hmm. eye. He also talked about how glasses are like a tool. He's like, why do you use a fork when you when you eat dinner? It makes it easier. Yeah, exactly why we would put glasses on to give our eyes a break. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. He also talked about convergence and like why mm-hmm. prisms, when used properly, are like amazing. What got me, though, was a 95-year-old guy that went to optometry school on the GI Bill from serving our country on mm-hmm. World War II. That's cool. So what really got me, Jen, was the fire in his belly. Mm-hmm. And what he really, what, what what he stated, and I'm not in the optometry world, but his passion for what he talked about, I was like, how do I, how, 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 do, how do my people benefit from what you're doing? So mm-hmm. I love those conversations. I didn't plan on it. And, and God only knows how we had this conversation together. Though I have learned to also be open to those and then to acknowledge them. Like, like holy Toledo, that was the most cool it is really cool conversation ever yeah yeah so that's all you have that's it i totally thought i was gonna get roasted today well yeah i was being nice okay maybe we'll do more roasting you know maybe we'll go back and forth so anyway so um closing thoughts for you jen um i would say i i think just in general people um hopefully understand like how much you care about people in general you care about their health you care about who they are you care about the journey that they've already been on Mm -hmm. Um, because I think what we've noticed is that on average people have been to about six other doctors before they ever come to you and and it feels like kind of that we're their last hope and so when they do get to meet with you you have this genuine quality about you that just really cares to that deeper level mm-hmm. so i do yeah i really do care um you know I, i've said this many times and you remember seeing it on my whiteboard right we create epic family mm-hmm. reunions and uh and I, we're gonna have one of those this winter my brother's getting married out in montana this winter and um and the plans don't have because so for example i'm my mom and dad's doctor i run as you know i run labs mm-hmm. with my mom and dad mm-hmm. once or twice a year they follow my protocols and your whole family and actually my whole family, yeah, yeah which um, that's, that says a lot. And my family. And your family, right. Um, 
but we're not making any exceptions for, so my parents are 74. Um, they don't, they, mom takes one medication though. They're going to come skiing. They're going to go snowmobiling. We're going to go, we're going to go dog sledding. Um, that's, that's, that's what I envision for people. Mm-hmm. And what I see on a day-to-day basis is people that can't do what they want. Mm-hmm. And I hate that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's too many jobs walking around. There's too many people that are, that are bearing things that I don't think are necessary. And mm-hmm. I, what I know, I think why I'm so determined, Jen, is I know that I know. I have way too many college credits. I have a belief in, in a creator. Our body's designed to heal, mm-hmm. right? You know, my favorite verse is John 10, 10. I come to give you life and life to the fullest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's, but before that, it says that, that, that the thief comes to rob, kill, and destroy. And I think mm-hmm. that those things together, right, are, so I think what, our, what we do is we provide that the tools and the team mm-hmm. to get a person to their potential. And that's what, I think the passion that I have is that we have the team, that we have the process, that we have the journey for people. Uh, though, and I love talking to people. I love getting to know people. I love, I love Jen's. Uh, Jen's office is literally one wall away from mine, mm-hmm. and Jen's like, "Dude, you get fired up a lot." <laughs> we, we need some like soundproofing inside of your office. And, we need to move them down here. Yeah, yeah, um, which would be fine because what I give people is the biggest dose of vitamin H they've had in sometimes yeah. decades. Right, vitamin H is is hope. Mm-hmm. And that's that's powerful, mm-hmm. and they need that, and that's what we give for them. So, it's good. So fun chat, Jen. This Thanks. is pretty good. So thanks. Um, all right. So for listeners, um, you guys get to know a little bit more about Dr. Greg, and thank you, Jen, for being here, and thank you for what you do, um, because you take my crazy thoughts and put them into action and, and orchestrate a team around it. So um, <clears throat> pretty grateful for that. So if you're listening and you saw value in this episode. Wherever you listen, leave us a five-star review. We are going to give away my top vitamin D product to a five-star review, DV3. I've used it as my sole source of vitamin D in my clinic for now over eight years, and we love it. So leave us a review. Also, share this with others. I mean, we truly exist to give people a good conversation, to give them um, knowledge, understanding that is unbiased, and uh, we we strive to be the go-to source for all things health. So, Jen, thank you. Thank you. Um, we'll probably do more of these as, as the journey goes, and, and um, so we appreciate that. So there you guys have it. Stay tuned for our next episode.